before we get into today's episode, we want you to go and check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake's host. Former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, that's Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins, that's Big Perk, with new episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest of NBA and NFL news as well as a look into their lives, career, journey with campus conversation, and welcome in top sports celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Also, we are so excited about our new weekday studio show, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. Tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content every Monday to Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, New Pacific. Alongside Malika, there will be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Tanea Gumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelbourne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on ESPN, and the ESPN app. One app, one tap, and also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to DC and RC. We're going to talk to Tony Nate Connor in a bit, but first, the drama-filled week built to a tremendous main event between Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori. Your boy, Paulo Costa. Oh, man, your homeboy was tripping all last week. Dude out there not making weight. This dude just changed weight classes, agreed to 195. The fight ultimately ended up being 205. You know what's crazy? Going out to the fight, it was a fantastic fight. It really was. It was a great fight. It was a fun fight. And Paulo Costa, for all that he was, he fought a pretty good fight. But as you get away from Sunday or Saturday, sorry, what was the biggest takeaway from that? The was it the leniency that it seems the UFC will have in regards to weight, or was it the performance of Marvin Vittori, or were you surprised that Paulo Costa was able to go five rounds and be as active as he was? You know what? I think all of those things played into what made that great, though, DC. The, the the fact that leading up to the fight, you felt like Paulo Costa. At least I even I even tweeted it. I was like, Paulo Paulo Costa ain't even trying. No more. Like, like he doesn't even care. Like, like the dude, he he turned the week into a sideshow. And then from a, a UFC or MMA fighter perspective, Marvin Vittori was a consummate professional. Right. And not and, only and, was and, he and Ryan, guess what? He hasn't been. Right. He hasn't been. Like Marvin has not been a person that everybody loved. Mm-hmm. But the way he handled last week, I feel like it's turning for him. Yeah, I mean, the, the way he handled last week from a professional standpoint for me, DC, but also from a fighter perspective, right? Like, like mm-hmm. we, 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 we have opportunities to see, to go back early on in, in, in our show and listen to people say, you know what, I'm not going to take the fight with you being over the weight. You know, we talked about yeah. those personal issues when you're like, nah. 30 you, pounds, dude. Yeah. <laughs> 30 pounds. Exactly. Like, like this dude, you had to change three weight classes to fight this dude, and Marvin Vittori still did it. So here's the two yeah. questions. So here's the question I have for you, DC. Does that say Marvin Vittori just had confidence in his skill as it was in comparison to Paulo Costa? Or he just had no respect for Costa at all and felt like if he didn't train in that way, if he didn't work to lose the weight, yeah. to get down the weight, that he wouldn't be able to sustain for five rounds, which he actually did. And fought hard, too. Like, yeah. That's the thing and about out- outlanded him in the last round. Hard. He outlanded Marvin Vittori in the last <laughs> what round. What's going on? Like, how is that even possible? Like, it, you would think that if you can't make the weight above, that you're just 
not training, but Th- that's what I thought. Obviously, Costa has obviously Costa has some some excuses for as to why he didn't fight or didn't weigh what he's supposed to weigh. But I think Marvin Vittori said something very telling early in the week. He goes, "This dude's trying to get out the fight. Unfortunately for him." He got himself signed to fight a real fighter. Yeah. So no matter where you go, it's going to be me and you on mm. Saturday night. You and I talked about this. In very few places, do you hate someone? And the one thing you get to do is punch him. Punch him at in the face. end of the day to <laughs> right. settle. Right. But yep, that's to settle the issues. Marvin Vittori took advantage of the opportunity he has. I'm going to find a way to make myself feel better by going and punching this guy in the face for 25 minutes. And that's what he did. And when Dana goes to the press conference and goes, hey, this wasn't possible without Martin Vittori. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he puts you over and he puts you over. And then the fans start to, 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 to draw to you like they do. Now he's kind of taking the face turn from the old professional wrestling world where right. you see that Martin Vittori now, people are going to start cheering him opposed to booing him. And he beat the number one contender. He just lost to the champ, so it puts him right back in line on course to earn a fight against the champion. But... The champion needs to be Robert Whitaker. Right. Because he's already lost to Izzy twice, and the UFC has not been very uh, willing to give a guy a third fight against the same champ. Now, here's the issue. Not It's not even an issue, right? It's the good thing for Marvin, is that he handled last week in the way that he did. Because they will do it. Max Holloway wins again. They will give Max a third fight, and Volkanovski being down low, too. And Marvin Vittori, for his actions last week, may have earned himself some good favor that if he continues to win, he may get Edisonia for a third time. It was just a complete week of winning for DC. Marvin Vittori. And my boy Costa, hey, my boy Costa RC, from, from drinking the wine before my Izzy guy. got him. Izzy got it bad on the line, right? That's my guy. <laughs> That's your hey, boy right there. Though. Matter of fact, hey, listen. Here's what we could do, man. If we could get him to translate it enough, we could go DC, RC, and PC if you want to. I'm oh, you want to follow Costa? Hey, bro. That, hey, I would love that. And we're going to do it at nighttime so we could drink red wine together and have him oh, talk be up while he's just making excuses after excuse hey, why after he excuse. Licked, why he... Every time, hey, that's why they're making excuses after <laughs> This is why I lost. I'm out there. That's why I lost. Brian, like, this is why I gave up a touchdown. We all just making excuses on one show. Hey. Brother, you look at the middle rankings and, and the champ is going to fight Robert Whitaker again. But there's your boy, man, Marvin Vittori, staying right there at number two. Uh, yeah, he's got think, himself in position. Well, I, I, think, I think the hard thing for me is to watch the second fight against Izzy and think that Marvin Vittori could ever do anything different than what he did in that fight when you see the contrast from fight one to fight two. So I think if Robert Whitaker wins, that gives him a better opportunity. Uh, we also got to see what happens with uh, with Brunson, right, in his next fight. Uh, Blonde Brunson, as he calls himself. <laughs> oh, my you know, goodness. Cannoneer, whichever <laughs> of, of those two win that fight, they should probably be next up for an opportunity yeah. at the champ. So we'll see where Marvin Vittori fits in that. And Paulo Costa, I mean, he might as well just fight heavyweight next time. It don't even matter. Just give me a good show. <laughs> Lead up to the fight, fun, and I'm ready for it. Look how he looked at 205, though. It didn't look like he was small. He looked big and strong. He could fight at 205. He's a very, very large man. That's like uh, a little <laughs> shorter Derrick Henry out there uh, fighting folks. And so, you know, when you have a guy like that, I mean, I think it's just one of those deals that the UFC will deal with you, and so they'll tolerate him until they want to replace him. Yeah, this dude is this dude is something else, man. I'm telling you, his entire team is something else. But Ryan, listen, you and I talk about, you know, big guys, heavyweights, light heavyweights. One division that has always delivered, 
guy that led the show with us, Khabib, mm-hmm. 155. Always exciting. Now, we haven't seen this guy at 155 for a bit, but Nate Diaz kind of says, Tony Ferguson, you're up. And in, the, in most of these cases, right, when you got a guy like Nathan Diaz, a guy that's so good, so well-known, he gets what he wants. But then Connor imparts himself into the conversation and says, hey, Nate, wait, we got unfinished business. What do you make of all this? Because Tony Ferguson was going crazy, too. You know, Tony does. <laughs> Tony is Tony. So now you got three of the most interesting characters in the UFC all talking to uh, each other right now. So DC, who would you like to see him fight, especially as Nate ends his career? His, uh, his I want to see. I want to see him all fight, DC. Let's just do a round robin. Let's just make it like a volleyball tournament that you go to, and all the nets are up. And and, and truly, because honestly. Does it even really matter who wins, DC? I mean, I think I think it matters for Connor, right? If Connor wins these two fights, a fight against Ferguson, a fight against Diaz, do we still get to promote wait, him? We still wait, get to see champ, him. Champ, 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 champ. Can we wait, champ, champ? Can we talk about the elephant in the room? Like, there's an elephant in the room. I mean, the elephant is right behind you, champ. Like, it's just there. It's like his paws are on his paws are on your shoulders. RC, the elephant in the room is. Connor can't fight, man. Connor cannot fight. Well, not right he's now, DC. No, can... so, 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 so what's he doing? So, so DC, I don't understand what he's doing. What he's what he's what's doing he is doing? what what Connor McGregor has learned to do, DC, is keep his name into everything his name would ring in. Right? Yeah, if, but he if, can't if, fight. I know, DC. But if Connor starts to talk about fighting Charles Oliveira right now, or he talks about fighting Dustin Poirier again, this is not something that we're going to be into because what we're going to say is, as it pertains to winning the belt, Connor right now is not available to fight, and we also oh. just watched him lose to Dustin Poirier twice. We're not going to be interested in that. But if he puts himself yeah, into these yeah. hypotheticals, though, right, these hypotheticals of, of Tony yeah, Ferguson, who's a wild man, of, of Diaz, who everybody, Nate Diaz, who everybody loves, and then we start to have the conversation. See, this isn't championship Connor talk. This is 22 and 6. I might get in a fight with a DJ, or I might be the old yeah. man up at the <laughs> bar, Connor McGregor, right? Connor McGregor yeah, but- is slowly walking himself into the BFF world, BMF world, right? And you may not you may not agree, DC, because he's been a champion. And none of those dudes ever really reached those heights, right? But Connor is fighting more like those dudes. And even more than fighting like them, he's acting like them. And so when you have a Ferguson conversation, a Diaz conversation, yeah. it's interesting, right? For people like me and you who really love it, but it's, it's not it's not tintillating, right? It's not we're not on fire yeah. for it. But boy, you throw Connor in there and you think, oh, if we can see all three of these dudes fight. Who we yeah. want to see? So what match? So you be the matchmaker right now, DC, because one of these dudes I had to fight two people. Who would you want to see fight yep. first of this of this uh, trio? It's, it has to be Diaz and Ferguson because they can actually fight right now. And I'm not asking like you to Diaz be on here and be all logical, no, no, no. bro. No, no, no. I'm saying no, Diaz, because Diaz wants to fight by the end of the year. Is what I'm saying. Like he doesn't want to wait. If he wanted to wait, love to see him and Connor finish their trilogy. But he wants to fight by the end of the year. Tony Ferguson hasn't fought for a bit. Right. And we know how Tony's looked uh, in his last Oliveira, outing. Yeah, so but then for Nate Diaz, Nathan Diaz, I'm sorry. For Nathan Diaz, I want to see him in a fight with a guy like Tony because he fought Leon, he fought Nas Vidal. He's in these fights with guys that are fighting for championships, and he has not had the success that he wants. So you put him in there with a guy with Ferguson who's also on a bit of a losing streak, mm-hmm. who is not fighting at the height of his career anymore. 
Now you can see really Nathan Diaz kind of do his thing, and then it resets what Nate Diaz brings to the sport, right? You get a victory, Nathan Diaz can start going, hey, I want to fight for the belt. And then people might start going, wait a minute, he won his last fight. Why can't he fight for the belt? And then you put him with Conor McGregor. Once Conor is rehabilitated and he's back able to fight, because now it works. You do Diaz versus Ferguson right. towards the end of the year. McGregor comes back towards the summer next year because it ain't like we get Nathan Diaz very often. Right. If he comes back right now, it'll be very quick considering he fought Rocky not that long ago uh, in Arizona. So it's mm -hmm. like you're getting more Nathan Diaz, and more Nathan Diaz is always good. But I believe Diaz versus Ferguson now, and then let's see when McGregor comes back if the He's UFC can get the contract situation uh, figured out with Nathan Diaz because obviously you know there's a lot out there uh, for Nate Diaz. Yeah, and that's the thing. So you look at you look at Nathan Diaz. He has this one fight left on his contract. Normally, people like Nathan Diaz, you want to get that done, right? You you don't really want them going into their last fight, especially with all. You know the what things you want, Ryan? You can be honest, Ryan. You know what you want? <laughs> you want him to sign a new contract before he gets to that last one. That's exactly. generally how the UFC works, honestly. Yeah. Because when I would start to get close. And I have like two left. They'd be like, "Hey, you want to let's talk and let's renegotiate, get something done right. to extend it, make it longer." But today, I think because of the landscape of mixed martial arts, more people are fighting out their contracts. In some instances, it works. In other cases, uh, you fall flat on your face because you really devalue yourself at the end of that contract. Yeah, but I mean, so here's the thing: we're thinking of this world where everybody has to just fight in in MMA, right? Where everybody has to fight in the UFC outside, outside of this there are other things going on you know Nathan Diaz is already talking about fighting Jake Paul now do I necessarily want to see him fight Jake Paul hell no but I do <laughs> understand the draw for you'd a guy like though. Diaz you'd watch it though yeah you'd watch it though yeah I watch it because um <laughs> I'm dumb and I watch Matt all the whole time it's dumb too hey the whole, hey, time, and the, whole, the whole time I'm watching it and it spent my little money, I'm going to be upset with myself for being so yes. dang gullible and loving the sport so much. And so, but, but like when you have kind of those things out there, you know, I think, I think fighting a guy like Ferguson is smart from, from, from two ways. If you lose to Ferguson, so what if you can go get a Jake Paul fight? But if you beat a guy like Tony Ferguson, who, who, who even though I think it was a three-fight losing streak, is so well-respected in the sport. Right, we we understand yeah. the type of yeah. toughness. Like we've watched this dude be in submissions lately that would have, I wouldn't have been able to tap out because I would have passed out, <laughs> right? And he, <laughs> and he fought through these things, and so the respect he has, and he fought a guy like Nate Diaz. We'd all love it. We'd all watch it. If you win, you could get more money. You can get an extension, or you go do something else because Nathan Diaz yeah. has that draw to do something else. But I just can't believe that you're hating on Connor. But I figured you'd be like that. <laughs> I'm not Since we had Khabib hey, bro, on the show, okay, can we, fight. guys? Can we get to tap in and tap out something hey, that I no, like? Hey, that yeah, no, can we? Can time. we get to that, it's guys? Time. Where's corporate Jake? It's time. Hey, hey, right, right. It's time. It's time. Let's to go. Time. All right, guys, Saturday at UFC 267, the main event features Jan Blachowicz defending his light heavyweight title against veteran Glover Teixeira. So, DC, tap in or tap out. Glover is Jan's toughest test of his UFC career. Man. That's a tough one. I'm, 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 I'm actually going to tap out. I'm actually going to tap out. I don't think he's the toughest guy that he's fought in his career. You got to remember, Jan has been in there with some very tough guys. He fought Alexander Gustafson in his prime. He fought Corey Anderson early. Now, if you ask me, he's fighting Glover Teixeira at, when Glover had 118 in a row going into the John Jones fight, maybe yes. But Jan Blovich also just fought Israel Adesanya. 
So I'm going to tap out, man. I, I, Glover's dangerous. Glover can win. But I would not say he's the toughest guy that he's ever been in there with. So here, here's why I'm going to tap in. That it's his toughest fight, not necessarily his toughest test, not his toughest opponent. Because it's different when you have the belt. It's different when you're facing a true 205-pounder, a true world-class 205-pounder, a guy that's been into the octagon with a John Jones. I just think when you combine all the things that go along with being champion for, for Jan Bohovitz, this is the hardest test or the toughest test of his career. You know, you're fighting Israel Adesanya, and obviously Israel Adesanya is a true champion, but he's a true champion at a lower a lower weight class. And he's a true champion who doesn't even balloon up to the 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 size of the weight class like he was at 204 he was at 205 on fight night he was 192 pounds and Jan Bohovitz was able to take him down lay on him and so I think having to fight Glover a dude with this type of championship level experience although older he's our age basically although but older, Jan is actually 38 too so it's yeah. not, he's not young yeah and so I, I think I think this is actually going to be an extremely tough test for for Jan Bohovitz but I do understand what you're saying but that by opponent by opponent he's five, probably fought better fighters in their prime. You know, Ryan, at times when um, things don't go my way and at times when I'm in a tough fight and I need to relax, I will pop onto my couch and I will have my good friend and your good friend, everybody's good friend, Modelo. Guys, you know what makes Modelo special? It's brewed for those with the fighting spirit. And you wouldn't expect anything less from the official beer of the UFC. Modelo was the underdog. It came from humble beginnings and it never gave up. It's brewed from premium hops to create a crisp Pilsner-style lager which set the standard for authentic Mexican beer. So the next time you're tuning into a UFC fight card, make sure you've got the beer that's always in your corner. Modelo, brewed for those with the fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported. Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Corporate Jake. All right, in Saturday's co-main event, Corey Sanhagen steps in for champion Aljamain Sterling to face Piotr Jan for the interim Bantamweight title. So, RC, tap in or tap out? Jan versus Sanhagen is a better fight than Jan versus Sterling. Tap all the way in. How do, how do I keep tapping in? And, 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 and it, may just be, it may just be DC because I saw the other fight. It may be because mm -hmm. I saw Aljo in the ring with Jan and I looked at it and said, oh, no, like this, this ain't it. You know, I, I saw that he was being dominated before the illegal knee. And so when you look at that fight, I wasn't necessarily excited about seeing uh, Jan versus Aljo. Now, you get Corey Sanhagen in there coming off of a really good fight against TJ Dillashaw, a guy who was really upset because he felt like he was one fight away and that that would change that. Getting his opportunity, I expect to see the best Corey Sanhagen we've ever seen in the octagon when these two meet up. I think that's exactly why you tapped in. And I, I think I'm going to tap in too. Because we've it's something we haven't seen before. And you know that this one's going to be extremely fun because of who Corey Sanhagen is. Now, there'll be a, a section of people that say, well, Aljo beat Corey Sanhagen. But yes. that's because Aljo got to his position, right? Mm -hmm. Got to his position and Aljo can submit anybody, anybody once he takes her back. And we didn't get to see them fight for a complete 25 minutes or 15 minutes. So... Uh, there's still a bit of an intrigue in the matchup between Sanhagen and Sterling. So I'm tapping in, man. I think this is going to be a great fight. And like you said, we saw Aljamain Sterling Piotr Jan, and we would have saw it so close to when the first one happened. Right. How much really could have changed exactly. in that short period of time. So I'm excited we're getting a fresh matchup for the interim Bantamweight Championship. Corporate Jake, Corporate Jake hit up. us again. 
This past weekend, Fedor Emelianenko returned for the first time in two years and knocked out Timothy Johnson in the first round. So DC, tap in or tap out that Fedor could still make a run in the heavyweight division if he made a full comeback. Oh, my God. Hey, bro, you see, that's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> I've been talking about Fedor. <laughs> I've been talking about Fedor for the last few days, man. And listen, it's starting to come up as if I'm a Fedor hater. I am not. I am a massive fan of Fedor Emelianenko. But, bro. Right now, Fedor has the ability to have the fairy tale ending. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. Older champions win, and they feel like they still got it. When in right. reality, that time's gone. Uh, I'm tapping out, man. He can't make a run at a title right now because he has losses to guys like Matt Mitrione lately. Mm -hmm. It only takes a guy to hit him in the right spot to put him out again after all the wars he had back in Pride, Strike Force, right. and everywhere else. So... Tap it out, man. Every time he goes out there, it's fun. I think the guy is the ninth wonder of the world, Ryan. He's 45. Yeah. And he's knocking people out. But to think that he could fight a Francis Ngannou or right. a Cyril Gan yeah, or yeah. A, Ryan, a Ryan Bader, like, that's absurd, man. You don't put him in there with guys like that. Yeah, I'm tapping out, too. And, you know, if 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 Khabib, Khabib Nurmagomedov if, is, is Daniel Cormier's uh, <laughs> sport crush, then Troy Palomalu is mine. <laughs> And Fedor, oh, he is. He yeah. absolutely is. No question. Well, I, I wish I could. I wish I could be around you and Charles Palomalu together. Hey, I tell you what, I'm he, sure you just and you bringing him drinks and stuff. Hey, bro, he loves MMA. He would love to come on the show. <laughs> but uh, Fedor was his favorite fighter, and that's why when we were drafting fighters that time, I had Fedor on my list. And I'm tapping out on the fact that he could ha make another run for a championship. But it did feel good to see him have success oh, again. It did, it it did, did feel good to see I, him land I, that I, left. I celebrated. Yeah, it, it felt good to see that. And that's what, But that's what I feel with you about that story, that, like that storybook or that fairy tale ending. Like, I, I don't think it everybody... It won't get better than that. Right. I don't think everybody has to be carried out on their shield. Sometimes it's okay to walk back into the kingdom as once being the king and get your flowers that way. And I think Fedor Emelianenko yep. got that this time. You know what the problem is with the champions? Most of us, like we saw Muhammad Ali get knocked out. Like yeah. Everybody goes out on their back. It is because you get a taste of like, oh, I still got it. And the only way you can really face that is when somebody really puts your lights out. Right. So then you walk away. Fedor has the opportunity right now to walk away at the absolute best time because fought in Russia, knocked out the guy in the first round. It was vintage. Right. Walk away, my man. Walk away. It's over. All right, guys. One last one. Over the weekend, video surfaced of a professional pillow fighting league taking place inside of a cage. Oh. So, RC, <laughs> tap in or tap out on a professional pillow fighting league? First off, I'm tapping in. Guess why? Guess who finna be in it? R.C. Guess who's not going to be the only dude that can say on this show that he won a championship in the cage? Not D.C. Because R.C., I'm going to go in there, Corporate Jake, D.C., and I'm putting folks to sleep. I already started training. I'm doing 42 days straight because I'm 42. <laughs> watch what happens, D.C. Man, Ooh. hell no. I'm tapping all the way out on this. I don't want to watch people pillow fight. It's like a dang sleepover in the cage. If I wanted to watch people have a sleepover, then I just tell my daughter, hey, have your friends come over. We're going to cook for them. We're going to have a great time. And tell my son, you bring your friends too. We'll make it a family affair. I'm not watching folks I don't know pillow fight in the cage. That's something D.C. going to probably want to do now and he'll get could be hey. into it as well so he could be the goat of that no. too hey, come on ryan ryan <laughs> who in the world sent that video to jake man 
Like, where did that, where did that come from? I'm tapping out. That's some BS, man. I'll tell you this right now. That is the, I have some BS, some BS if I ever seen some on TV inside an octagon. Whoever loaned the octagon to that league to do what those people were just doing out there ought to be slapped because that is ridiculous. World Pillar Fight Championship is something I never want to be a part of, and I don't care if you put all of my best friends in there. I ain't going. And then it looked like they were. It looked, hey, it looked like the world. It looked like the world pillow fight championships took place right at the beginning of COVID. They ain't got no fans in there. <laughs> they, ain't nobody going to watch that, DC. Nobody is watching that, bro. Like that is that is not a sport that is going to catch on. Like and I don't no, care. It looked like Jacksonville. Hey, it man. actually looked like Jacksonville. <laughs> I also wonder what. Ooh, I wonder what the take you saw. You saw the spinning back pillow, though. I know you saw the I spinning, saw back, spinning pillow. back pillow. <laughs> hey, I tell you this. Hey, Ryan, I saw that spinning back pillow. Hey. For the first time I ever saw a spinning attack, my I, little brother hit him. Hey, I'm gonna be my honest. My little brother hit my cousin with a spinning back fist, dog. Knocked him out. DC. <laughs> I tell you what, man. You know, you talk. You talking about. You talked about your little brother. Uh, we obviously both come from Louisiana, and as much as we love fighting on this show, we don't necessarily love the fighting that doesn't happen in the octagon or in the ring. And I want to give a shout out to Dad's on duty. Uh, oh, just just with a a rash of of very very vicious fights in the school of fights that were truly, truly getting to a place where they were uncontrollable to have these dads come together and not only necessarily patrol the school, but give a presence, show that people cared, to show that they were there to take care of one another, not just their kids, but everyone's kids. And I think that that's the type of stories that we need to share. Those are the type of things that we need to spread, is that when people come together, when people have the conversations that they need to have, and when people understand that it's not about who is doing what to who, it's about how can we all make it better? How can we all get out of here together? How can we all show that we could take care of one another? And so I want to give a shout out to all those fathers who volunteer volunteered their time, uh, volunteered their efforts, but most and most importantly, gave their hearts to make sure that those kids were protected, taken care of, and that nobody else had to come in and reprimand those children. Nobody else had to come in and punish them. They handled their community on their own, and that's beautiful, and that's what it's supposed to be. Absolutely, Ryan. And, you know, it was just very unselfish. Yes. There are times where people will see those fights happening, they grab their children and they go about their business because yep. they care about themselves. These men showed that by bonding together, by taking initiative and saying, we want to uplift the whole. Yes. We want to make sure that we are not losing our children in these fights, in these streets. Mm -hmm. We can make a difference. And right now that is exactly what happened. I watched that video and they had fights for days yes. and days yes. and days. And then once you saw those men walking around patrolling, Really stepping, because hey, every one of these people work, man. Yep. You're taking time out of your job to go and try to help the whole. When you can look without, when you can look outside of yourself, when you can look at two, three, four, five, mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40, and say, if I can help here, if I can make them better, I can make my community better. So to the dads on duty, hats off to you, gentlemen. Yes. Really good job for stepping outside of yourself and really making a difference. And hopefully, hopefully, it, it it serves to have more people in those lower income communities yes. step up just like that to make absolutely. a difference. Now it, it was it was it was absolutely beautiful and it also showed the respect that children and that young people will have when you show that you yep. care. Because they didn't outnumber yep. the students. 
but just simply being there, simply showing that they cared, the respect was there. DC, this was a great show. First off, we had Khabib on here. Now I know everything I think about you is right. That man said you was late all the time. He said you left early. That without him, you'd be nothing. Bro, when, hey, let me say this. When we when we taught him English, he immediately just started talking trash. He took all the bad parts of the English language, made it his own, and that's hey, how he ripped crazy. Hey man, you learn how you learn. DC, guess what? We got a surprise for the people, man. The next time we do this show, the next time I see you, we will be together on campus. DC oh will be in Bristol. You never know what might happen, guys. You might see a pillow fight break out. You might see DC oh, do some that. NFL live. You just hey. never know. You might see a live list. What about that? Ooh. Oh, because you know I stay smashing you on the list. Now, Ryan, let me say this before we go. Ryan, I make fun of you every week about your shirt, and I call you a bastard. But I think it's my jealousy coming through because I want to know who makes them. Can you, you please put me in touch with your guy? Hey, DC, Christmas is coming up, man. That may have to be your gift. I'll make sure that when you walk in, walk into Octagon and you forget the fighter's name, you at least look good while no, you're doing it. I want Oh, see, I want that look so much that I tie my collars up to make them stand tall. I just want to get shirt. a smaller Let neck, bro. Called, Your neck too big. We love y'all. We time. love y'all. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>